All right, what's going on, guys? And welcome back to the Tipped Out Podcast. This is episode 20 with your host, Brandon Palmer from Balance Performance Golf, and my co-host, Danny Christie from Danny Christie Golf. Awesome. So this is our fourth and final uh, video here podcast for the mini series on putting for beginners all the way up to almost advanced. So in this video, we're going to be talking about the pre-shot routine and green reading. So before we hop into the bulk of the segment here, I just want to touch on getting familiar with the greens. So hopefully you've had time now before we go out and play this round of golf, this figurative round of golf. You've had time to get to the range, warm up your body, stretch, hit some wedges, go through your bag, and especially get to the green and do a little bit of uh, wedge warm up, get your hands ready, as well as putting. The biggest thing is when putting and we're trying to warm up for this round, whether it be our home course or a new course, we're going to want to kind of gain a feel for the green speeds. Uh, Danny, do you have anything to add to that? This is a very kind of general sense of kicking off the round here. Yeah. So one thing I want to add, uh, BP, is just that the, the whole idea, I feel like the idea of getting familiar with greens is kind of overlooked to an extent because I feel like a lot of, a majority of golfers, um, are get pretty comfortable on their own greens and then don't really understand. They, they go play elsewhere and they're man, oh man, I putted so bad. And they think it's like, like a problem with their stroke, but really, it really is just a problem of, of comfort and lack of familiarity. So pros, when they're going and they're playing different courses every week, they are, I mean, before the actual tournament rounds, they've got practice rounds, um, and just a lot of experience from previous rounds on these courses where they're really getting familiar with these greens. So if you want to go and uh, play well at other golf courses, make sure you take your time, especially if it's a competitive round, take your time and get familiar on at least the putting green if you don't get a practice round. Um, but I would say, like, if I'm playing a practice round, I'm spending 50% of my time on that practice round just trying to learn about, like, the trends and the patterns and, and how the greens react, kind of. Definitely, 100%. And to kind of even tie into and add on to that as well, um, a great little drill to do, whether this is a new course or your home course, try and get a feel for the green speed, see how you're feeling. Set up uh, two tees, 10 feet from the fringe and then 20 feet from the fringe. Drop three balls at each uh, little tee station. And then from there, close your eyes and hit putts towards the fringe. And before you look up or open your eyes, try and see how close you got to that fringe or if you landed it and it rolled up on the fringe. That's going to kind of give you a decent idea of how fast they're rolling, just in a general sense. But like Danny said, these pros that we watch on TV, when you watch their warmups, you're going to see they're working on technical, but they're also just kind of getting a feel for their distances again, right? You're seeing them set up there and hit three, five putts, one-handed, you know, just get a little bit of technique, face control. And then they're setting up 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 feet. And they're stroking those putts and getting those distances back down. If you're just rushing right to the first tee and now you're getting right out there, one, your heart rate's up. You could have just left work or school, whatever it may be. Your hands aren't really there. We're, we're not really adapted to those greens. We don't really have a subconscious feel for the greens. So it's going to take you a couple of holes, maybe even a whole front or back to kind of really settle into the round. So do yourself a favor, get a feel for the greens, and then we'll go out there and hopefully read some good putts. So 
and incredibly the most important. Yeah, incredibly important and really can't stress it enough. I mean, just I, I, being a college golfer, speaking from experience and going and playing courses where you might not be spending or get the opportunity to get a lot of time to uh, <laughs> get a feel for the greens. You, it can definitely put a hurting on your round pretty quick. And then you get down on yourself and really it's not even, it's not necessarily your fault in, in all circumstances, but that, that time to learn and, and understand greens is, is precious and could definitely knock a lot of strokes off around. It's crucial. A hundred percent. So generally speaking, Speaking from our own personal experiences and our own preferences, the three kind of main categories to reading a green are going to be laid out as such. Together on the first of the three, we have slope and break. So determining slope and break, uh, step two or number two is going to be grain, establishing which way the grain's going, how grainy that course is. You know, it depends on your region. A lot of things It can get kind of complicated but we're going to simplify it here for you. And then last but not least, the local knowledge. And when we get to that, we'll kind of dive into what local knowledge means and kind of which courses or which uh, kind of attributes to look out for. So kicking it off first, Danny, with slope and break, the first category we look at here for reading a greens, how do you go through that or when do you really notice it? Uh, I would definitely just slope and breaks kind of that initial feel you get when you walk up to a putt without even thinking about all the surrounding stuff when you get up you walk up to a putt you get behind it you look at it what do you see is it obvious that the slope is right to left is it obvious it's left to right um downhill uphill and maybe a little bit of the feel in your feet but uh, for the most part slope i would consider as just looking at the putt and going oh this is a high point this is a low point and the holes on a little bit of an angle Yep, hundred percent. So get an idea of what the general break of that pot's going to be. Hopefully, definitely, definitely. We're just trying to see, like Danny said, the high and the low point, where it's going to be fast, where it's slow, and then of course we have our left to right, right to left. We've got our uphill, downhill, um, and we've got our straights. Hopefully, we find a couple of those out there from uh, having a good approach shot, knowing the course, and taking some time in on our practice round if you're lucky enough to play some competitive golf. Uh, step or next to number two, however you'd like to say it, is the grain. So having knowledge of the grain. So Danny, you want to touch on that a little bit here? So one thing I want, I just want to jump back real quick and add this in the slope break because I forgot to mention it. Yeah. Um, I feel like a lot of the time too, that, that general first impression you're going to get of a putt, you're going to be thinking about that while you're walking to your putt. Okay. Yeah. So that's really important to be thinking, be aware of, of what's going on as you go up to your putt. Um, getting into grain, grain is an interesting one, and it can be hard. It can take a while to start to understand grain. Um, I feel like there's a, a level of knowledge to grass that is important with grain, but essentially for people who don't even really know what grain is, it's the way that the grass is growing out of the ground. So if it's growing in a direction, say it's going to your left, looking at the pot, the, the ball is more likely to roll left because the grain, it's called the grain will grab the pot and it'll move it a certain way. Excuse me. Um, would you like to, I don't know if you have more knowledge of this, Brandon, since you're down in Florida now, 
because I've, mm-hmm. I feel like if you watch on TV, you always hear about them saying shiny versus dark grass. Right. Uh, what do you got on that? Yeah, so great point. So the shiny and the dark. So when it's dark, uh, that is going to be into the grain. That is when it's going to be uh, generally slower, right? So like Danny was talking about left and right breaking putts and how grain uh, that moves diagonally affects that putt. So when we're talking in the simplest of terms, if you have a putt that's into the grain, you're going to have to hit it harder. It's going to be slowed down. Like Danny said, those the grain, the grooves are pointing towards you. So as the ball rolls, it's going to be rolling up and folding back the grain on the a very minute scale, but it does. And so that's what slows the ball down. It gives it more friction. Now that's the dark side of the green. If you're looking at very high quality greens, PGA greens uh, on tour, You'll notice the dark, like Danny said, and now the shiny. Shiny will be with the grain. So that's, we're seeing as if you poured water out, you would see it drip down that, like water off a duck's back. I like to think of it like that way. It's very slippery down that, so it's shiny. The the sun shines off it, reflects, and goes back up. So to kind of touch on what you said, too, uh, if we have a left to right putt, the grain is right to left. So now, like you said, it's going to kind of hold that putt up if it's talking about left to right. And then if we go uphill and downhill. So, of course, down grain is going to be quicker, uphill, into the grain, slower. But now what about if we have into the grain? Um, now that's kind of cross grain too. We won't even touch on that. We'll wait, we'll wait for a more advanced putting kind of green reading uh, video. But for now, we'll keep it strictly at that. Into the grain is gonna be dark and slower. With the grain is light and faster. And to back it up a little bit too, talking about break and slope real quick, uh, some of the best ways to check that, like Danny said, you're gonna be taking this into account whether it's subconscious or you're really aware. As you walk up from your fairway or you step out of the cart, you're just gonna wanna be getting a lay of the entirety of the green. Like not just right where you're looking, right where your ball is, but you want to see the entire surroundings of the green. As we talk about local knowledge, we'll talk about the overall slope of the land, which can be different based on how the green sits, but it's still going to play a factor. But the other thing, so when you're walking up to that putt, we want to get as far behind our line of putt as possible and try and get down level with the green. So if there's a bunker around, you want to kind of get level, get level with the green with your eyesight. So you can truly see the real breaks and slopes from standing above our perspective is too different. It's too direct down to the ball. We can't really see the slopes well, but we get that what they call on the PGA tour, the worm eye view, right? That's going to be getting down level. We can see breaks. We can see slope and we can even see grain. Of course, the closer we get down to that grass. So um, the last piece I want to say, go ahead. I just want to touch on uh, kind of like a closing thing for grain from my end is just basically whichever way the grass is growing, that's the way the ball is going to want to go as well. That's, it's going to push the ball that way. Um, And lastly, I don't know, are you, can, are you allowed to touch the green with your hand and feel for grain? I don't, I've heard you can't, I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know if they changed that rule. That's something that I have to look into as well, because I remember before, if I'm not mistaken, remember like 
when you would want to remove sand from the putting surface, you had to use a towel or like a hat. But now you're allowed to use your hand and swipe it away. So I think now you're actually allowed to place a hand I don't know if you could. I don't know if you do it in your line of putt, but like just for people to get an idea of what grain feels like. If you were to go down and feel against the grain versus with the grain, you'll feel the difference. Um, But yeah, the the best way is when you are looking at a putt and you kind of are looking if you think the grain is going to affect it. Look, just get close and look, and you'll be able to see which way the grass is growing. 100%. And even to go into that, the last, uh, my little closing remark here for grain as well. So if you go up to the actual cup, a great way to check grain direction is going to be, it's going to actually show uh, a more wore out edge of the cup. And uh, if we can find a picture on Google, Danny will post it up. But the way that the grain is running is where the grain will, or excuse me, the edge of the cup will be worn the most. So if it's with the grain, the back edge of the cup will be really worn. Now, if you have a putt and it's worn on the close side, that means you're into the grain. But let me say this, to not confuse anybody, um, grass can grow in multiple directions on a green. It also depends on how they roll it, the slope, um, you know, the overall mowing direction. So with that being said, if you have a really short putt, odds are the grain's going to be consistent into, down, left, right, whatever. The further away you get from that hole, the more times that grain can have an effect or can possibly change. So grain plays a big effect, definitely more so in certain regions than others, definitely on certain grasses more than others. So I'm not saying next time you have a 20-foot pot, look at every inch of that pot and try and determine grain. That just really won't help you. But Give an overall direction of grain. Check the cup. Uh, get low when you're marking your ball and looking. Just try and see. You know, if you're not in a tournament round, brush your hand lightly. Don't damage the green, but brush your hand lightly to kind of learn it for yourself, like Danny said. And uh, really look at that next time. Slope, break, and then grain. Big, big three factors before we hop into our last and final kind of factor here of local knowledge. Um. You got some kind of keys on local knowledge. I know I, we have some things written down as for like technically what it is, but you know, go ahead and speak on that. Oh, so I would say, I'm just going to say local knowledge would be for local knowledge is huge. Really all local knowledge is, is it's stuff that if you play your home course and you don't even realize, you know, about your course, but you know, that's local knowledge. All right. So and that, that comes in huge on greens. Um, you'll get to a lot of, uh, especially if you're on like a hilly course or something, who knows? Everybody's got their own quirks to their course. If you know that a putt goes a certain way just because you've played it a million times, that's really important to know. So a lot of times what you'll hear for local knowledge would be things like, oh, everything breaks to the water. Everything breaks to the clubhouse. Maybe the clubhouse is built on the high point, so everything breaks away from the clubhouse. It's just little things like that that are really important. So I would kind of put, um, if I was to put little segments of local knowledge, I'd say grain, clubhouse location, bunker placement, bodies of water, and maybe like the mountain range you're on or the slope. If you've played a mountainy course, you can really kind of start to see, oh my goodness, this whole, this whole nine might be going on the side of a hill maybe. So 
it's stuff like that where you really got to be aware of your surroundings and aware of what, you know, other people that are locals and play the course all the time say to you. 100%. I would agree. Yeah. It's, it's big in terms of drainage in these, the local knowledge thing, um, can be brought all the way down to the beginner level, but more so where you're really going to see it is elite level players, college players, all the way up mini tour to pro level golfers. They're really taking in as many factors as they can. I mean, think about they play in, uh, where they play a lot of the changes in Spain, right? Spain, the ball goes miles. And if you come here in Florida, you're at sea level. It doesn't go as far. Colorado, it's way different. The mountains have a huge effect. Like Danny said, the mountain range, it breaks away from the mountain. It breaks towards this way. And kind of the piece that I wanted to talk on when you're looking at slope, break, grain, the local knowledge you want to have in effect or in thought would be, um, the overall lay of the land. So like Danny said, in terms of architecture and drainage, sometimes the clubhouse may be on the highest point. So now, especially if you're playing a mountainy course, you may not know since the green is sloped from back to front that you're actually like at a decline or at a lower elevation. The green may be playing a trick on you architecturally thinking that you're going uphill, but technically you're down the mountain so the putt will be very fast or very slow without you knowing it, i.e., what club was that? Is that Elmira we played that was really difficult like that? Some Yeah, dude, like you just wouldn't know. You're like, oh, there's no way that the I have to club crazy. three times. Greens are crazy. Elevation plays a huge factor in club selection. That's for another video, but it's wild. Take in your surroundings. Don't get glued right to your ball or, you know, right to your own group. Eyes up, look around, try and see what kind of uh, what slope you're on, or if uh, if you're good to go, then you're out playing in the Western Plains with no slope at all. <laughs> yeah, my round was exactly the round I was thinking about earlier when I was like, well, sometimes you show up to a college tournament and you don't really have a ton of time to get familiar with the greens, and you go out and the greens whoop you. But yeah, I don't hold a grudge or anything. Uh, <laughs> It was a big yeah. number. It was big. <laughs> uh, moving on. Uh, this is going to kind of tie into break. Uh, this is, I'm sure you've heard this before. If you watch uh, golf on television, high side is the pro side. I like to say low shot, low side is the schmo side. I don't really know. Um, but the basically the way I look at it is, when I air on high side, which high side would be the air, the part you're missing, like before, ah, I don't know how to say this, Palmer. How would you say so, this? Let's say it's a left to right putt. You're a right-handed golfer, and this is a left to right putt. Leaving it on the high side is going to be leaving the ball on the left side of the cup, where it's the highest point, right? If it's low side, the ball, what they say, is never has a chance, misses on the right. So... Go ahead. Across the hole, never get there and miss. Five. No, that dove. The other thing, <laughs> yes, the other thing that uh, I, I like to say is good about high side too, especially on lag putts, is if you tend to aim high or above the start line, that would be the line to make the puck go in, I guess, with a speed that matches anyway. 
But if you aim higher than you actually think, it lets you hit it a little softer. A lot of times what people will do is they'll get caught aiming too low and then they'll know that they have to hit it harder so it doesn't break as much. But then they'll still just hit it too hard and they'll go way back by the hole. I, I feel like it helps you lag putt a little bit if you air aim in a little higher. Definitely, yes. Mr. Frank Gargano, was it freshman year? I want to say freshman year, could have been sophomore in Virginia. was having a hard time putting, and big homie said to me, you know, more break, less speed, and that, that's all it took. That goes exactly what Danny said. You know, it, you just – for the breaking putt, you want to have – a little more break sometimes it's it's said especially on tour that you know amateurs don't play enough break um it's kind of a difficult thing you just really got to be out there and try it a lot and kind of see how your stroke is send a video to us make sure it's not your stroke let's make sure it's your green reading that's the issue first but uh definitely how i like to think about it is that every putt i hit is straight all i'm hitting is a straight putt that then finds break or a slope and then moves off of that straight line. So we've got this left to right putt. I'm going to look about a cup to two cups left. You know, that's how much I think it's going to move from left to right. Now I know my grain. Grain's not doing anything. Let's just say it's down grain. So it's going to be a normal putt. It's going to get there. So I'm hitting a straight putt, a cup two cups left, it's going to find that high point and then fall right, center cup, side door action, money, shoot him a gavin. Anything Perfect else on segue. high? Point? Yeah. What's that? I said, do you have anything else on the high and low side? It's kind of no, just – No, this is a perfect segue amazing. into pre-shot routine, picking your line, hitting the pot. Love it. So, actually, the first thing we're looking at here for – actually hitting the pot and establishing uh, your line and the pre-shot routine would be establishing your start line, which Brandon was just talking about. So what I like to do for picking my start line is now we've read the pot. We know about what we want to do. Okay. I see where I want to start the pot and I find something on the green to mark that there's got to be something there. If not, I just imagine the line going through there, lock into that spot with my eyes. Then when I step in, I square my putter face up to that line, trace that line to the hole, see where I want the ball to roll into the hole, go from there. That's, That's a big thing. So picking my line. Yeah, 100%. And I think why we see amateurs, like you said, one, it's maybe a lack of knowledge a little bit on speed, like more break, less speed versus, you know, I feel like a lot of amateurs just, we look at the hole, we aim at the hole, we hit at the hole. And we don't take into account for this said break. So with that being said, it's kind of just like trusting a putt that you're not aimed at the cup. Like it's literally just a little bit of physics, a little bit of local knowledge and just golf knowledge as well, you know, on the slope and the break. So we're not always putting at the cup. Like I kind of want that to get across to some people out there is that, yes, I'm trying to make the putt. But the further we get away, the more I'm just trying to make it make sure it's a two putt, not a three or nowhere near a four putt. Other than that, we'll get into, you know, not falling in love with the line now here on lag putts. But um, the big thing is, is just realizing that 
Sometimes we're putting a little bit short of the hole on purpose, a little long of the hole on purpose, all in terms of visual. Tiger said he loved to putt to a picture. That's how his dad taught him putting. Just look, oscillate your head, look where you want to go, look back at the ball and putt to that picture. That's It's simply said, harder done, but it's, uh, it's exactly how to start your line, get your start line. So the next piece of that would be uh, when it comes to striking the putt. We've got our start line here. It's a straight line to the high point. Then the putt breaks off. Uh, now the next piece would be visualize the ball rolling in. So uh, your target line is the imaginary line of the ball running along the turf to the target or the cup, whether it be a flat putt going directly to the cup or if we're putting to a point. Um, Danny, do you visualize a line. I know some people visualize the putt truly like rolling in. They see a line, they see dotted. Uh, are you super visual like that? Like, do you notice certain things? Like, I think I just pick a point and I really kind of, I don't know, I more feel it than see it. Like, I don't go from point A to point B and like visually make a solid line in my head, but I definitely kind of get a start point my start line, my intermediate target, and then I've got my target in the distance, I would say. How about you? Yeah, um, I definitely – it depends on the pot. I feel like some pots you can get a better idea of than others. Um, I try to see a line kind of the whole way. I, I like to get, like – I can almost sometimes see, like, how big of a curve I think it's going to like a sharpness of the curve, if that makes sense. You know, if it breaks a lot, I kind of see that high point curve. I feel like um, how, how accurate that always is when I hit the pot, sometimes I'll see it and then, you know, pick my line, pick where I want it to go in, hit the pot and I'll be in like somehow it'll go in, but it didn't go in how I imagined it. So I don't know, but um, I definitely two things that I think are super important are uh, the start line and just the uh, envisioning the putt going in the hole in a certain spot, especially on breaking putts, because it's important to remember when a putt's breaking, the center of the hole actually kind of moves a little bit because when it's going in at a good speed, it's actually, if it's breaking in from the right, it's going to be going into the cup slightly, you know, to the right yeah. of the center. The that makes sense. Mm -hmm. What's that? hundred percent. I said a little side door action. And uh, one of the best ways, if you kind of struggle with green reading or establishing or noticing break, oh no, um, one of the best ways to kind of learn that is to go out and be what we call a dew sweeper. So go out uh, kind of right when the sun comes up before people hop out on the course. And what you'll see if you've never played golf super early in the morning is a lot of dew, right? The green will be dewy. Uh, it'll have condensation on it most of the time at high-end courses or uh, if you're out there later in the day they'll be rolled so or even blown off so most of the condensation will be gone but anyway get out there super early don't piss off any green superintendents but get out there early and roll Aaron. some putts and see the ball will literally pick up the track of water and like if you're rolling snow, like a snowman, you're trying to roll up the base of a snowman, you're going to notice it takes snow, it's taking water. So you'll really be able to see and visualize uh, how putts break and really how slope works. It literally so, will give you the line the putt rolled on and you'll get to see the little curve it makes. Very cool way of saying that, Palmer. 
Also, for those of you that played uh, Tiger Woods and back in the day with the ideal putt camera, that's pretty good. That's a good way of envisioning it too. That little white line going in, if you know what I'm talking yeah. about. But amen. Uh, next part, man, is establish or perform your putting trigger. So there can be a couple different triggers within the golf swing or the putting stroke. Um, I'd say I have two. So when I'm behind the putt, I've got my, uh, I've visioned my start line. You know, we saw the intended line. I visualized the ball going in. Now, right before I take my first step from behind the ball to go in to start my actual pre-shot routine, I spin the putter in my hand. It makes one rotation as I walk forward. That's kind of like my little trademark, a little thing I do. It's a trigger to walk forward. Next is, you know, I do my two practice swings while looking up at the point I'm trying to putt to. Well, my eyes are up. I'm making that practice stroke so that I'm kind of uh, really getting a good mental picture, like Tiger talked about, about the distance I want to go. If we're looking just down, that a boy, him or that protein shake. Um, if you're looking, <laughs> if you're looking directly down at your ball, you're only looking at the space between your feet. So if your eyes are not up, your brain is only calculating basically the distance between your feet and the short range the putter head's moving. So eyes up on your practice strokes. Then from there, shimmy my feet forward. I'm set up to the putt, and I do a little forward press with both my weight and the handle of the club, and that's my secondary trigger to pull the trigger and hit the putt. Do you have a trigger, Daniel? And if so, what is it? Um, excuse me, one moment. I feel like I could burp, but I'm okay. Um, I I don't know. If I have a trigger, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I think like, I just, you know, you squat down, I guess for me, it's like, you know, you squat down, you read it. I always get out of my, basically my trigger, I guess would be like standing up from squatting down and reading it once I've picked my line and everything and like it and have maybe, maybe I've tinkered around and gone up and look at it a little bit, set my putter down behind it. I did, I'm, I'm ready to go. So I've done all the stuff I need to do to know the line I want to hit it on. Stand up walk up to the side of the ball, take my, I'll just do this. This will be right into our next thing, which is practice strokes, looking at the hole. Very important to me. Take my practice strokes, looking at the hole, just letting the putter swing, not looking at my putter, just looking at the hole, trying to let my brain and my body match up to the, the kind of speed I want to put onto the ball. Feels right. Feels right. Then I just step in, get my putter square to the line that I saw behind the ball and go that's awesome i think yeah i definitely from just playing a lot of golf with you from being teammates on del high men's golf team national champions um from that i've noticed i've noticed that yeah you do have a trigger before you actually strike the pot and that's just like you're you do a little weight shift and then you do a little forward oh, press yeah. that, i mean that's just like a key to putting but i think it's kind of like almost a fair share amount of people's trigger to go really. Um, all it is is kind of having a little bit of or a lack of being stagnant. We don't want like solid. Yes. Like just, we don't want any stagnant. I don't know how to say it. Stagnantness. Stagnant. You just don't want to be still really. You want to yeah. be flowing. You want to be in a rhythm. If you, as soon as you start not moving and then it's probably your brain thinking a lot and you're tensing up, that's not good. So that's what all these things are for, triggers and stuff, keeping stuff moving. 
um, mm-hmm. you know, waddling your feet and just settling in. I mean, it, it goes the same for a full swing when you kind of waddle or whatever you do to set in. Mm-hmm. It's all those things that keep you loose and in rhythm. Yep, 100%. Very well said. And the last piece that we have here, we've kind of touched on it. Uh, both of us touched on it. Practice strokes, looking at the hole to find your tempo. And then last but not least, lock in and commit. The biggest thing is committing to the line you've chose and striking that with intent, dude. Holy cow. The amount of times tournaments rounds, I feel would be one lost brought back to life from trusting my gut or trusting the line. But no, once we're over that part, Oh, I don't want to back off it. I don't want to change my line. I'm just going to go against my line. Maybe cut across it a little bit. I don't know, probably one, one out of five have ever gone in after I've pop cut stroke over the ball. So yeah, man. Give just, this one a good pull. I'm going to pull it. I got it out here. Just put it pull it off. So commit to your gut decision. And if you aren't really, if you're over the ball, trust me, there's going to be a lot of different things like we've talked about. There's a lot of nuances to being too close, too far away, trying to visualize that line uh, that we want to hit. But if you're over a putt and you're really, really uncomfortable, Step back out of it. Go through your routine. Reset the line. I know it sucks. You don't want to hold up the group behind you. You don't want to get picked on for being too slow. Trust me, the Tipped Out podcast is not trying to breed slow golfers, but we're trying to have you guys make some more putts. So step off a putt if you don't feel comfortable. 100% stay committed. I'd I'd rather have you. I don't know about you, Danny, but I'd rather have a golfer commit to a bad line than uncommit to a good line you know i mean think about it great quote that is a that is a quote among the best golfers the best psychologists they all say the same thing you are better off committing to a line that you just might be wrong but you trust it than standing over a pot unsure and wishing at a pot just just commit to it trust it have a good stroke and go there's no perfect line there's the line you chose and there's the speed you hit it at and hopefully they're right the more times you mess up, the more times you're probably going to end up getting it right in the long haul. So, 100%. And the last piece here to the uh, the fourth and final piece to our putting segment here on the Tipped Out podcast is going to be not getting mentally caught up on the result. Now, there's times we need to or want to be really result-driven um, when it comes to putting, but generally like on the course, miss and make – if you only focus on the miss and make, you're going to have a really short career here in golf. You need to be kind of mentally um, able to bounce back, but also be very aware and learning kind of how to decode your miss. So if you miss a putt, right? I mean, if you look at the averages from on tour from certain, you know, percents from certain feet, eight feet, 10 feet, and the percent it is, these are the best in the world and they're not hundred percent, 90, even 80% from those ranges. Right. So think about you and your lack of practice, your lack of time, your lack of commitment, or maybe just your um, lack of time under your belt as a golfer. You're not going to make every putt. We have only a very few milliseconds after that putt is struck to actually find out if it's your fault in terms of technicality or actual, like in your green reading efforts. Did you hit a really good putt that didn't go in or did you hit a bad putt that didn't go in? There's a big difference, you know, in terms of 
mental clarity or even having like, you know, keeping your confidence throughout the round doesn't mean lie to yourself and be silly out there and purposely miss pots and be like, oh, I hit a good pot. But if you have committed to your line, you've done all the things, you've done your homework, check the slope, check the grain, you've got your tempo, you did your eyes up, putting stroke, and it just lips out. Or, you know, it just doesn't go in. You can still practical. say you committed. Right, exactly. It's, it's not about miss or make. And I find uh, working at a junior academy or just working with a couple of juniors throughout my time, they're huge on miss and make, dude. Absolutely frustrated if the putt doesn't go in. We could be doing a technical drill where it's, dude, we're just focused on face control and like, or just focus on tempo. It, it all depends on what you're working on, right? If we're out on the course, don't be so hard on yourself or you're going to have a really short career in terms of your mental stability. Now, if you're on the practice green and you're hitting lag putts from 50 feet and you don't make all of them, that's okay. If you hit those five putts from 50 feet and you four putt all of them, we have an issue. But all you're trying to do is lag putt. You know, like Danny said, be practical. Think about the actual situation and don't be too hard on yourself. So any uh, anything to add to that little rant there, Daniel, or any uh, key takeaways here for us? You just think that little um, – the mentally, you know, get caught up on results that you just touched on. I think a lot of people – uh, fall in love with the idea of perfect, uh, especially a lot of younger kids. I remember when I was younger and I thought that, I mean, the frustration came from me thinking I had to make every four footer. And then as soon as that starts happening, then as soon as you start thinking all your putting strokes off and stuff like that, and then it gets in your head, that's when you even start to miss more. So you really have to just be pretty, you know, don't get too high with the highs. Don't get too low with the lows. Just look at it at face value. I missed the putt trust still trust the process trust everything we just talked about going through and and hit it because the the last thing you want is doubt on those that's all it is 100 I, I couldn't say it better myself man um one little thing i i definitely want to touch on i know we i feel like we mentioned it in the last one kind of working into this one was speed in line brandon hmm. um and what is more important we both said speed and i just think i mean we've kind of touched on it without directly saying it but um, the speed of your putts controls the line you hit them on. So you need to be able to consistently control your speed because we have putts of varying lengths um, and you've just got to learn how to hit each length of putt and, and, and then not to factor in the greens you're on. The greens change how hard you have to hit it, but you need to have speed locked in so that then your lines can be reliable to, in a sense. A hundred percent. And to uh, piggyback what Danny's saying when it comes to lag putting is to not fall in love or yeah, to not really get caught up too much on that line on the super long lag putts. It's crucial that we need to know the break, the slope, a little bit of the grain here. All we're trying to do is two putt. I know it's really tough as a golfer, as a coach to like almost it's not that we're trying not to make the putt. We just don't want to three putt. That's the big thing. A two putt is okay from a long distance lag putt, right? So all we're trying to do is get as close to that hole as we can to make the next one that much easier. If it goes in, I like to say that's a bonus. So when our eyes are up, we're taking those practice strokes there next to the ball. We're really, really focusing on the speed. Like Danny said, we're both big, big keen on speed here 
if your line's a little bit wrong, but your speed's right, you're going to be hole high. The next putt should be pretty easy depending on the slope once it gets up to the cup. But that's a whole different story. So don't fall in love with the line. Get the speed correct. Learn to green read and just have it become a part of you. You know, I don't think Danny and I think about it too much when we're walking from the fairway after hitting it to a foot. You know, we we don't really think about it. We just walk up there. We're looking at the slope. We get up there. We're looking at grain. I look from the far side of the hole, from this side, walk around. Do all these things while your playing opponents or playing partners are going through their routines as well. Don't be walking on the green or in someone's eyesight when they're putting, but do your homework and get ready when the other guys are doing their homework and getting ready as well. Pace of play is a big thing here. So any last little takeaways, I think, yeah, go ahead. That's going to wrap up this mini series that we have done on putting. And um, I, I think it's very, very just solid fundamental stuff, whether you're a beginner intermediate like whoever you are all of this stuff is super super important um and can really get you back on track or get you on a great jump head start on putting um anything else you want to add to that bp i'm proud of us i feel like that this is kind of starting us off on a track of of um you know better things to come in and kind of locks us into a more um repetitive and consistent form of, of content here. I, I would a hundred percent agree with that. And the only thing I would say is, I mean, it really comes down to you guys as viewers. Like this is the, our first segment we thought as coaches should be talked about. We want to start at the green and go backward. Right. So our next kind of mini series is going to be chipping. We're going to go hopefully right through the bag. But a big thing is if you guys have questions, concerns, or topics you would like to hear on, please reach out at tipped underscore out on Instagram, shoot us a DM, uh, comment on one of these videos and really just kind of get your point, your word out there to us and we'll give it a shot and we'll see what content we can create around that. Um, of course, personally, you have Danny Christie golf on Instagram and then myself at balance underscore performance. You can reach out to us at tipped out, like I said, or individually, we will both, do a free swing analysis for you under our personal pages, as well as the tipped out page. Uh, so you can find us a lot of different places, but if you're still with us, we really appreciate your guys uh, viewing as we're here in 2022 kicking off or kind of like you said, just doing this in a more repetitive and uh, more constructed way. I think the viewers are really going to appreciate it. I feel like, yeah, some solid structure, some really good info. And we're going to keep it rolling. So if you haven't yet, please subscribe here to the YouTube. Give it a like, follow, turn that bell on for those notifications. Uh, so you know when Tipped Out or myself post another uh, great video like this or course vlog. With that being said, also check us out on Instagram. Give us those, uh, those likes and those follows, guys. We really want to help you with your game here in 2022. That's really what it comes down to. So don't be shy. Reach out, and we will uh, we'll catch you in the next one, man. Peace and love from BP. What do you got, DC? Signing off? Peace and love, my guy. Signing off. Look forward to the next one. Contraband got that dope. Sometimes I don't feel all right. New girl on my face.
Stop talking, I'm breaking the bank, yeah. 